This is East Carolina Offensive Coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. We are talking one of my favorite things, pirate football, on the Sports Objective. Welcome into the sports objective is we're giving you tonight the 2023 Pirate Runnings Backs preview. And uh, with us right now, Kyle from the Grange Barber. What's up, man? What's going on, Dave, Matt, Bubba? We sit here on Sunday night in mid-July talking pirate football. Nothing better, right, Bubba Rosenbaum? Yeah, and obviously a lot of talent in this room. Very excited to talk about not only these these running backs individually, but then also just the growth of the running game in four years plus now under Mike Houston. We're going to go from China Grove there to Bubba, and we're going all the way now to the great state of Connecticut, playing for Steve Logan as a linebacker. And that, of course, is Matt Semenza. Dude, what's up? What's up, guys? Six more Saturdays until the start of college oh. football. So, um you know, as a personal rule, I try not to think about college football too much until August rolls around because you don't want to wish away your summer. But uh, I'm starting to feel the itch a little bit and uh, excited to preview the running backs because I think we have a pretty good stable of backs this year. Now, when you say six more Saturdays, are you talking until Pirate game week or week zero? Uh, that would be until Pirate game week. Oh, five more weeks until week zero. It's almost a month away. How about that? Well, it's, it's hard to believe. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. It's coming fast. Yes, it is. Uh, by the way, we'll be talking running backs tonight as we're talking about previewing that room. And you can call in just a little bit, 252-290-0375. You can, uh, we'll take calls in just a little bit. And again, that number is 252-290-0375. Guys, I want to remind you guys, or not remind you, but uh, tell our fans, we've got our, our college football preview um, special is coming up Saturday, August uh, the 5th. And that'll be 10 until noon. And uh, that'll be coming up live from Porky's Backyard Barbecue in Williamston. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, Matt, when you were talking about that's what made me think about it. You're talking about August when uh, the fall camp is happening. And you're absolutely right, Matt. Uh, Right before we talk about uh, the Pirates and the football with uh, the running backs, it's just uh, hard to believe that the summer is pretty much halfway over. But the thing for us that we look forward to is fall camp, right? Oh, no doubt. I mean, every time, you know, you start to get into that, you know, first and second week of August, you can kind of feel, uh, the, you know, the mood kind of changes. You can kind of feel sense football in the air. And, um, you know, uh, I think this this year in particular, uh, as we've talked about a lot, guys, just so many unknowns on this team, uh, a lot of new faces, some new coaches, some new philosophies. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting fall camp just to watch and see how things develop. So, yeah, right around the corner. And by the way, before I forget, uh, people are going to ask the question, I'm sure, because we have the best fan base that's passionate and they care about the uh, play-by-play voice. That decision should come this week is what we were told. Um, maybe as early as tomorrow um, that we'll find out the who the next play-by-play voice is for the East Carolina Pirates. So I want to let you know, as soon as we know that, 
you know Bubba's on it. He'll have it up there, right, guys? I mean, Bubba's on on top of everything. He'll have that up on social media. So as soon as we know, we'll tell you. And uh, Bubba, I know that you guys wanted to, you and Matt wanted to talk about uh, the running backs as far as the Mike Houston era and maybe some individual stats. Yeah, well, just before we dive into the Marlin Guns, Roger Harris, Gerald Green, and some of the guys we have in this room, they're going to play key roles and be the workhorses in 2023. Just wanted to reflect on the growth of the ground game under Mike Houston and staff. Obviously, when he took over in December of 2018, I mean, it was pretty bare in the trenches. Uh, we, we had not had much of a ground attack at all. And, um, it, you know, didn't take much introspection and just I was a little diving into things to see why um, once he looked at the roster. But, um, you know, year one definitely threw the ball more than Mike Houston would have wanted to. Uh, ran for about 140 yards per game, less than four yards per carry. That got better in 2020, significantly better. We ran for 173.8 in, in those um, – in those nine ball games, 4.3 a carry. 2021, 162.4, just over four yards a carry. And then last year, a uh, little over 170, um, 25 touchdowns rushing, and then 5.3 yards per carry. Obviously, all those big plays with Keaton Mitchell. So um, you've seen not only the growth, um, more talent, more depth on the offensive line, but also more talented running backs, um, guys like Keaton Mitchell, Rajay Harris, Marlon Gunn, and then we'll talk about them uh, in addition to um, some of the newcomers to that room that are going to be making plays this year. Obviously, you, you lose a guy like Keaton Mitchell, who over the last two seasons ran for over 2,600 yards, I think something like 25 touchdowns, but um, just losing a guy like Keaton Mitchell, you would think, will maybe – you're in trouble. Not at all. Um, you have a, a guy like Rajay Harris. Yes, he's coming back off an ACL injury, but Rajay, um, he's run for what, 13, 1400 yards in his East Carolina career. He's shown at times that he can produce the big play. Um, I, I think back to the 80 yard touchdown run he had against Navy in 2020. And then uh, I know um, 2021 was not necessarily what he wanted. Last year, he's off to a good start, had five touchdowns in the first five games before getting hurt down in Boca Raton against South Florida. And then um, um, so let's just let's start off right there. We'll start off with Rajay Harris. Uh, I think Rajay, um, everything that we hear, he's off to you know, uh, his recovery is going very well. And I, I think that he'll have a good 2023, maybe not necessarily the, the most yards on the team, but I think he'll be the short yardage and uh, red zone red zone specialist. What do you guys think? I, I expect a bounce back year from Rajay after the injury last year. Maybe similar. I don't know if he put up the yards, but maybe similar to Dominic Lindsay when he was supposed to be the heir apparent to Chris Johnson in 08. I don't think he had ACLs and came back in 09 and ended up rushing for over 1,000 yards. I'm hoping Rajay can do something similar. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he leads the team in yards. I know you're going going Marlin Gunn for that, and uh, you, you may be right. Um, I hope it's a I hope it's a neck-and-neck neck race, and they both are around 1,000 yards. That would probably mean we had a hell of a football season. Yeah, but, you'd be- uh, I, I think uh, 
I think Raja, I'm kind of like you. Um, I, I think he'll probably lead the teams in t- lead the team in touchdowns, uh, but maybe not be the primary every down back. Yeah, Matt, I was thinking about that very thing. What Kyle, you stole my thunder, but that's a good. We agree again. Hey, uh, that's a great thing, Matt. I was thinking about Rajay and Marlon Gunn being kind of like Marlon Gunn is going to take the role of uh, of Keaton Mitchell is what I feel like, and you still have Rajay that. I bet he still gets seven, eight hundred yards, guys. I really do. I hope so. I mean, I'm a big fan of Raja. He's a really he, he's a great kid. I mean, he's he's a great team player. You know, he's working his ass off to get back to to top form, and you know, I, I certainly won't doubt him because he because he's a high character uh, kid. Um, you know, but the one thing I'll say is that coming off an ACL injury like that. It's a big challenge, especially, and you look at it historically. Um, the first year back can be very difficult coming off of an ACL surgery. It's usually that second year um, where you see the person return to, to form. And just a recent example is Saquon Barkley on the Giants. You know, that first year back after ACL, he was probably playing at around 80% of himself. A lot of that is just being able to trust that the knee is going to get, is going to hold up in a game situation when you're taking hits and, and you're cutting, you know, in Rajay's case on 220 pounds or so you're making sharp cuts and sometimes you don't trust it. So, you know, I'm certainly not doubting him. I, I think he can do it, but I, I think that what you're going to see early in the season, kind of like a managed workload with him just to kind of like, make sure he's on the right path, not force it too much, kind of get him back in game shape. And then I think it, as the season goes on, I think you'll see his carries increase. But he, I think his best value to the team is short yardage and goal line situations. I think he really thrives there because he's got quick feet and power, and he's really successful in those short yard situations. Right. When it's like third and one or fourth and one, you're going to put a guy like that that can run all over you, right, Gus? Yeah, and also, that- despite being a big back, and I have an auto well, he's not slow, but – if I remember right, he's pretty good at catching the ball out the backfield. Yeah, that that is correct, Kyle. Um, over, I don't have all his receiving statistics here, but I know in at least two of his three years, I'm like in those two years combined. Uh, I want to say it was twenty, and then last year, um, don't have the receiving numbers from 2021, but but Rajay in. 2020 and 2022 combined had 15 catches for a little over a hundred yards and a couple touchdowns. So yeah, he's, he's definitely um, able to, to hurt you in the, the passing game, catching the football. And, and that's something that, um, you know, or something else rather um, Rajay Harris, very rarely did you see him and keep Mitchell Marlon Gunn put the ball on the ground. I, I can only think of, one or two times that Rajay's fumbled in his career. No doubt. One of the questions I had for you guys is, don't you think that just like when Lincoln Riley used that short passing game, same thing, it's kind of like a run, um, but we need to do as much as we can and be as creative as we can uh, for if it's Garcia or Flynn. I, I feel like it's going to be Garcia, but uh, at quarterback, having that inexperience at quarterback, we're going to have to really be creative and create a lot of uh, running plays and, Running plays for Mason, uh, short the some of those uh, those short passes that Lincoln Riley did, like I talked about. The, what is it? Bubble screens and uh, help me out, Matt. Well, I think if it's Garcia, you're probably going to see a lot of a lot of read option, and you're probably going to see Garcia using the running game a lot. 
um, along with the backs. Yeah, I think, you know, to that point, early in the season, you could see Mike Houston tend to lean on the running game a little bit more. I mean, he if you listen to Houston in interviews and Donnie, you know, they, they talk a lot about balance. Um, but I think in this situation, new quarterback, um, to Kyle's point, I would love to see more read option in the offense. I mean, that's something I've been screaming for ad nauseum for years. But Holton was banged up a lot. Um, that's why, yep. Yeah, he was banged up a lot, so we didn't use it. But uh, adding – if you can add read option to the offense and be effective at it, it opens up everything. It, in particular, you know, for the running backs, um, it opens up the middle. So uh, I, I would like to see more of it. Yeah, especially when you have a quarterback that runs well, and then not only does he run well, but he's 6'4", and, uh, at least, uh, maybe a little over 6'4", and – 250 pounds from what we're Yeah, Bob was in a bad area again, but what he was alluding to is the size of Mason Garcia, which would which would tend to lead to him. Yeah, being, six, uh, six four two fifty. He's the same. He's uh guys and he's isn't he pretty much the same? We're talking about this other night, uh, for those just joining us and they missed it about David Garrard's size. Um I'm not trying to compare him and say he's as good as David Garrard, but skill wise and size wise uh, they definitely have the cannon for the arm, and certainly they can beat you with their legs too. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mason Garcia is significantly taller than than David. I mean, they, he's probably two and a half, three inches taller. David Garrard. Uh, sometimes you would see him listed at six two, but he, or maybe even six three, but he, he was not. Um, so, okay. So I yeah, remember six yeah, three, so, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, but yeah, is, David, David Gerard. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, sorry, a little lag there. Um, even though he's you know six four, two fifty, whatever it is, uh, I, I don't want him taking too many shots. Um, I remember he came into a game. I don't know if it was last year, maybe two years ago, and he ran read option, or it might have been like a power. Like Wasn't like a goal up. line thing, like yeah, a red zone thing, a, guys. He took a pretty nasty headshot. Uh, if you guys recall, I think Bubba is about to chime in on that. I, w- I want to say it was, it, it, was a, it, was, it was a home game. It was either it was either uh, Temple or Tulane. Yeah, so like my, I guess my point is, you know, as a quarterback, I'm not saying you know not to run the read. I, I want to see the read option. I want to see it a lot, but he needs to be smart. He needs to uh, be smart about avoiding big hits and then getting out of bounds when you have to, and then sliding when you have to. You know, there were times where Holton was just, you know, he would want to just train somebody. And uh, it's always not the best way, especially early in the season. If you're going to last, you need to be very smart. No question. And we uh, we definitely need uh, Mason. And we and if you think about it, guys, obviously it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I know the chat, a lot of people asking about Flynn. I'm happy that Flynn is really stepped up and, uh, and is a really strong number two because, uh, to your point, Matt, uh, we we pretty much have two guys that can play quarterback. Not that uh, Jeter can't, but he. I mean, he's very very young to the program, and you don't want to get to option number three in the season. Those two guys, though, are really good. And not that Jeter's not. It's just that he has uh, he he's learning the playbook right now. Uh, if we if, if Jeter's playing quarterback, it means we're we're blowing somebody else, or we had a disaster. Um, yeah. But we're we're supposed to be previewing running backs. Uh, so, are, so are we done with Rajay, Bubba, or is there anything else yeah. to talk about Rajay? 
I was I was going to transition from Rajay, um, stick with the guys who were already on the roster prior to um, prior to spring ball. So next we'll go to Marlon Gunn. Last year, obviously, uh, when Rajay went down, uh, Marlon was already playing, and his role became even bigger uh, when Rajay went down against South Florida. Um, so you know, Marlon Gunn, extremely highly touted coming out of high school down in in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, last year. Averaged a little over five yards per carry, 67 rushes, 344 yards. Um, kind of just one of those things with all the big plays Keaton Mitchell was making and then the plays we were making in the passing game. You know, just um, Marlin never reached the end zone, which which was kind of uh, surprising uh, in the receiving or um, rushing game. But uh, Marlin also had 14 receptions for 77 yards. So he definitely showed you what he could do. Um, there were times where it looked like he was almost you know, so focused on not fumbling. I think Matt and I talked about this in the last few days that um, that he didn't exactly maybe hit the hole as quickly as he could have. And, and I guess that's, that's understandable, of course, as a true freshman making that transition. And But I, I think that game at Cincinnati after Keith Mitchell went out, uh, we were coming off our goal line. You know, we felt comfortable enough with our offensive line and being able to hand the ball to Marlon Gunn. We we nearly uh, saw Marlon Gunn take it about 90 or 95 yards. Um, yeah. they, they they had a shoestring tackle, ended up going for about a 25 or 30-yard gain. But uh, Mar- Marlon Gunn's a playmaker, very interested to see the jump that he makes in 2023. Yeah, I remember the BYU game um, on that last, possession and uh and uh keaton was out obviously Rajay was out and he picked up a couple key first downs for us to keep the drive alive uh to put us in position you know after the pass interference play to uh have a chance to kick one field goal so gun was key on that last drive against byu if you guys remember that i do i do and uh 21 i mean with that marlin gun hey guys i had a question too about gun it's just amazing to me um, the fact that he's from Baton Rouge and LSU is right there, uh, how they miss this kid. I mean, I know they have the pick of the litter and all That's that. exactly how they missed him. But he is really, really good. Like, he's uh, he could play – I really believe he could play in the SEC. That well, guy. you wonder how he ended up here, and I'm glad he did. Um, you know, forget LSU, but you got Tulane, you got Louisiana Tech, you got Lafayette, you got Southern Miss, uh, you know, in addition to all the other SEC schools. It's, it's crazy how, you know, you wouldn't think a kid from Baton Rouge would end up here. Yeah. Um, but he, but he's here, and he's very talented, and I'm glad we have him. Yeah, I'm not complaining that he's <laughs> – that he's. Uh, I'm not complaining he's here, not at all. Just I'm happy we have him, and just a great surprise. It, it is interesting. Not so much with LSU, but to me, with all the other schools he could have went to. Yeah, and going back really quick to – I think, Kyle, you mentioned the BYU game. He did make some some big plays late. That was a pressure situation for, for anyone, never mind a true freshman, you know, in his first semester on campus. And, uh, you know, he definitely showed a lot there that he could handle big situations. You know, um, he brings a he brings a unique skill set of, of, you know, he's a bigger back that has some speed and some power. And he showed he definitely showed a knack to break the first tackler, you know, to kind of shed the first tackle and then uh, find a way to. Uh, to gain yards and Bubba, you correct me if I'm wrong. I think he averaged 5.1 a carry 
Yeah, that's, that, that, yeah that, that's correct. 67 rushes, 344 yards, 5.1. That's incredible. That's really good. And uh, he he's the kind of guy that he's – even on a busted play, guys, it looks like he was getting three or four yards. He's just that fast, and I'm excited about him. And, you know, he was actually banged up too. I don't know how bad, but if, uh, if we can keep him healthy, man, oh, man. And um, I think Rajay Harris, like you said, Matt, when he starts back, it may be uh, towards the end of the season, you really start to see him really come into form. But they, what I've heard is they've been very careful with him. Obviously, he could have come back uh, maybe a few months ago, but they're trying really hard to just slowly bring him back. And I think they've done a nice job. Bubba, do you want to go on to the next one? Are you, I done wanna, with you, you mentioned both the plays, Dave. I want to I want to give a okay. heads up. We're talking about running backs. To, if anybody wants to go to YouTube. If anybody wants to see a, a, a play that, you know, maybe they remember it from last year, maybe it just got overlooked. But the second half against Temple, there's a play with um, – it's Keaton Mitchell. We're talking running backs. Keaton's gone now. But it's still a play that if you, if, if, if you go back and just find the highlights from the Temple game from last year and watch, you, you'll know the play when you see it. But um, Holton fumbles the snap. And he just, he just, it's a busted play, and he's about to get sacked after the fumble snap. And he just tosses the ball to Keaton Mitchell. And Keaton just, just busts out of the pack and outruns everybody for about a 70 yard touchdown. And it's yeah, one that was the Temple, Temple game. Yeah. You, you remember the play, Bob? It was one of the damnedest plays I've seen. Yeah. Because th- things weren't exactly going very well. And that, that was a huge, huge momentum swing. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was I was going back watching highlights from last season, and um, I, rem- I I had forgotten about that play. I was in the middle of chemo when that, got, when that happened, and I saw I was like, "Holy crap!" I mean, just from what could have been a disaster when momentum was in Temple's favor, it it, it, it was it did really swing the ball game, gave us some momentum back, and we went on to win it. And just an unbelievable play. Everybody got your way to find those highlights. They're easy to find on on YouTube. Uh, Temple game from last year. So, in addition to Rajay Harris and Marlon Gunn, also already in the program, you have Pop McKay. Pop McKay, I think, uh, you know, from what we've heard, has battled some injuries. Um, also, perhaps um, maybe needing to work on practice habits and things of that nature. But at, at least the injury factor there. Camaro Edmonds came over from North Carolina prior to last season, a local product from Havelock. Um, he he did get a couple carries. I know he. Maybe caught a pass uh, in, or two in that game against Tulane when you had Keaton Mitchell banged up and then also Marlon Gunn banged up. So um, he did see a few snaps against the Green Wave. Very, uh, very tough time, tough opponent to see your first snaps. But um, you have them returning, and then you also you have a, a couple of walk-ons uh, in, in the room. But then coming into the program, obviously with – Rajay coming back off the ACL injury and then losing Keaton Mitchell. Um, you felt great about Marlon Gunn. So you bring in Gerald Green from Georgia Southern. He's a grad transfer with two years of eligibility, which is awesome. That's something that Donnie Kirkpatrick, when we had him on, said that whether it's running back or whatever the position, that they're trying to steer away from the, the one-and-done situation. And they did that in Gerald Green. Uh, they got a proven commodity. Um he played in 2019, but didn't did not play more than four games. So he was able to redshirt 2020. He played significantly, ran for over 400 yards that year. 
also did a nice job of catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, and then in 2021 and 2022, he ran from anywhere from 400 to 480 yards. So this is a guy that in his Georgia Southern career, um, he's played 500-plus snaps, and he, he's run for about 1,400 yards. I think he started three or four games, so he's primarily um, a, a second or third-string running back for Georgia Southern. But but he was um, – you know, you, you watch his film from last year. He's taking it to the house against Nebraska. He's making plays against Louisiana and Troy uh, and the, the best teams on the Eagles schedule. Uh, it gives us quality depth is what it does. He's probably not going to be a primary back or, or the featured back, if you will, but he'll definitely be a guy you can depend on to, to, to get you quality yards, not fumble the ball, know what to do. Uh, sounds like he can catch the ball out the backfield. So it gives you some real quality depth there. Yeah, I absolutely love this pickup. I loved it at the time, and I, and I like it even more now, uh, especially with Raji coming off the ACL. But, you know, he's he's a proven player. He's a, he's a proven player with experience. He's, he's been in some big situations in stadiums uh, around the country like Nebraska, Arkansas, to name a few, and he's been productive. So he's not going to – like, he's the type of guy he's not going to go to Michigan scared to touch the ball. And, you know, he's got – he brings the experience, and that's something we need. You know, I heard some people say that maybe he he wasn't a, a game-breaker, like a home run hitter, and he's definitely not built like a Keaton Mitchell. But he showed enough – you know, like if you watch him on film, he did show several times the ability to um, not necessarily run away from people, but to do enough to take it to the house. So he looks like he's got enough speed. He looks a little – he's got some shiftiness to him. I think I think he's, you know, he's going to play a big role this year. I'm not sure like where he'll fall in the pecking order, but um, if if one person goes down with injury, he's a guy that could wind up rushing for 800, 900, 900 yards this year. Yeah, I need to watch some film on him. Um, a guy that if, if you say doesn't have explosive explosive speed, but can still take the ball to the house, that leads me to believe he has the ability to cut on a dime. It's, it, Matt Bubba. Oh, he, right? he he runs he runs very well. I mean, I mean, obviously Keaton Mitchell is the tip of the iceberg. I mean, when it comes to playmaking ability, so I mean Gerald Green. I think when when you watch his film, Kyle, you you'll be ecstatic about the possibilities. I mean, like I said, I know Nebraska hasn't been good, but um, seeing the plays he made in that environment there in Lincoln, in front of uh, you know eighty plus thousand people, and then. You know what he what he was doing against the better teams on Georgia Southern schedule, whether it was Louisiana or or um, Troy. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else it was. That I think against Arkansas. I don't know. If, I don't. I'm not so sure that was last season, but here in the last two or three years, you know, he was making plays against the Razorbacks, and uh, so very very excited. Um, he showed the ability. I think Matt may have mentioned this to. He can make the first guy miss because I think this was filmed from back in either 2019 or 2020 when he was seeing reserve action and uh, the commentators like, hey, there you go. Uh, Gerald Green, um, the, the youngster is showing that he can make the first guy miss. And and yeah, he, he, he's no Keaton Mitchell in terms of his speed, but not many are. And Gerald Green certainly um, uh, runs very, very well and can take it to the house. Yeah, I was wondering about his cutting ability. That's you know, I'd have to watch the film for that. I always 
one of my favorite backs in East Carolina history was Vontavious Cooper, and that was because he could cut so effortlessly and change direction. He didn't have breakaway speed, but when you can make a guy miss by barely moving an inch, it makes up for any speed you like. No doubt. And uh, speaking of speed and then playmaking ability, this is a guy that's going to be kind of a – kind of an X factor this year in the running back room. He's probably not going to see a lot of touches in the traditional, you know, you know, run game. Um, I think he'll definitely see a few, but uh, he, I think he could be used as a slot receiver, jet sweeps, uh, bubble screens. Um, he shown on his film um, the ability to catch the ball, um, appeared to have good hands, and caught it with his hands, didn't let it get into his body, which is something that you – that you don't see with a lot of running backs. And um, that's not surprising given the way this guy ran um, in high school. He was a 10, 800 meter guy and they were certainly uh, getting him the football in a variety of ways. I know Matt, you had a chance to check out some of Javius Bond's film as well. Yeah. And just kind of checking out the film and then listening to the coaches, what they've had to say so far, early returns look really good. And they, they did talk a lot about his speed and his, you know, he, he might be the guy, the next guy with the home run ability to come into the program. And I think, to your point, Bubba, I do think he's going to have a role on the team, but I think you make a good point as, as far as, like, how he's going to get the ball. You know, I'm not sure as a true freshman, is he ready to, to bang it up in between the tackles? I, I don't know. But he if you can get it to him on some flares – be a little creative. We don't run screens here to the running back, so that's not going to happen. But uh, ever since the South Carolina game, <laughs> that was the last uh, true screen I think we ran But uh, when it got picked off right before halftime. But um, he's definitely a guy that you can get the ball to creatively, and you know he's got a chance. All right, there may be some more screens ran this year, Matt. We'll, we'll see. I hope so, man. I'd like to see it. So I just wonder, I'm going to put uh, Mike Houston and the staff on the spot. When are you going to get Matt Semenza a job? The guy is brilliant. I have had two or three people that love our show, and they have um, told me in recent days, by the way, Matt, how much they like you. Being a former player, they say he's articulate. He knows what he's talking about. They said um, how great you were. So and, and how I think a lot of them would think that you would be a great coach. Um, in East Carolina. So I'm just putting Houston on the spot there. Hire Matt Semenza. I appreciate it. I must be, I must be putting on a good act, you know, if they're using the word <laughs> brilliant, but <laughs> right, Kyle, go ahead, Kyle. Uh, you're, yeah, uh, that's how I always describe <laughs> you, Matt. I always, I, I, uh, I always go, you know, Matt, he's brilliant. He's just, he's just yeah. brilliant. So it's great. No, Matt, you, you definitely know football. You know more about the game than, uh, you know, I you know I, I would say you and Bubba than anybody you know else just 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 doing the show or watching. Uh, you you play to the high level, and you you know your stuff. Brandon says, "Matt for Thanks, offensive Dave. coordinator, you have my vote." Matt for <laughs> offensive coordinator. He's taking Donnie. Guy, Brandon. We're taking Donnie's K. We're taking Donnie K's job, boy. All right. Yeah, let's get in trouble. That's what we do with administration. So we're not uh, we're not advocating for that, Brandon. Uh, I actually like Donnie K. I think. Uh, I think what people don't – and, Matt, I, speaking of Donnie K, I know that uh, there's times when, you know, you've been tough on him. But I think when you look at – when you're a great coach, you look at the players you have and the skill sets they have, and then you find a game plan to match it. Um, any coach is an idiot if they're just like, 
stubborn and they try to run their scheme or they ru- try to run their game plan knowing there's no way we can win doing it. Well, at, at this point, Dave, I mean, it, it, they should be getting the players they want in. So they should be able to run what they want to run. Uh, if not, then they haven't done a very good job recruiting. These these are all their players at this point. Yeah. And, and just really quick, just to touch on that, like I definitely like at times, I think I had some frustrations with the offense last year. Looking back to the Navy game, I, I, I felt like we kind of played into their hands a little bit. Um, but, you know, one thing about this show, we try to be fair. And, you know, like if a coach has a bad performance, just like a player does, you know, we, we have, you know, mentioned that we talked about, it, but we always, if a coach has a great performance, like I'll be the first guy. And I think Donnie had some big time performances last year. Um, so, you know, we, the one thing I'll say is we, we always try to be fair and like, we don't sugarcoat, sugarcoat things on this show, which I think is, is one of the best things about it. Yeah. Kyle, no. Kyle certainly doesn't. Kyle doesn't sugarcoat anything. Right? He sugar. What do you talk? He holds back a lot, Matt. He holds back a lot. <laughs> there, there are times I hold back more than once you guys think. Um, <laughs> you got to, you got to remember versus things I say off there versus things I say on there. Um, well, as, as, a note, speaking- as, a note, as a note before the show tonight. Uh, but I, yep. I, uh, I, you know, I, I do agree that, uh, Donnie, uh, I think sometimes takes some unfair criticism. Um, and at times he deserves the criticism. You know, you look back at that Navy game, the game should have been put, put away way before it was. I think part of it was game plan, but then you look late. You, you, yeah. Oh, unfortunately oh. it never was put away. It, you should, yeah, no, but, yeah, <laughs> you're correct. Correct. Yep. That's but, I, I'm just, away. I'm just, I'm just picking with you. And, and then, but then you look late. We had a chance to go down and kick a winning field goal and Holton had the first down picked up. All, you know, all he had to do is hold to run the ball. He would have picked up 10, 15 yards. Instead, he tries to throw it for some reason and throws a pick, and we go to overtime, we lose. Um, so, I mean, you can't put that on Donnie. You can put you put it on Donnie that we were in that situation, but not for – that was, you know, really, after that play, Holton – you know, I don't really remember Holton making a terrible decision the rest of the year. Well, the last the, the last seven games, he, he did not throw a pick. Exactly. That's right. So, and look at record after that. Exactly. So, you know, it, it's it, – it, it, so we'll see. This is going to be um, an interesting year for the offense. There's a lot of new pieces out there. So um, I'm quite sure if if the offense doesn't perform, uh, you got the Donnie haters are going to be louder than ever. But if the <laughs> offense does perform, um, uh, you know, are people going to praise Donnie like they should? Because we have got a very young offense. Yeah, and he and bringing in the uh, and we have the quarterback whisper, right? I mean, so we have a quarterback guy guru coming in, that's going to help us out, too, I feel like, on the offense inside the ball. Who are you speaking of, Dave? Yeah, Shane, Shane Montgomery, a pr- proven commodity okay. proven yeah. commodity there. You know, just a couple years ago, he was the FCS Offensive Coordinator of the Year, uh, you know, played quarterback at NC State back in the late 80s, early, uh, you know, maybe 1990. But um, And then, obviously, been a head coach and just offensive coordinator at several different stops. Yeah. But um, you know, taking a look at um, I know we've referenced, you know, we had a thousand yard rusher the last two years with Keaton Mitchell. That was the first time we had had a thousand yard back since Ventavious Cooper back in 2013. So uh, will we go with third straight season with a thousand yard rusher? Um, and, and if so, who do you guys feel that it will be? I'm going 100% gun. Um, I, like I said, I'm going, I think Stevie Fly said we'll have a seven to 800 yard rusher. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Gun with uh, breaks the thousand mark, and I think Rajay has because of what we were talking about the role he's gonna play. I'm going 700, maybe 800, but I'm going. Wow. Well, if you're right, Dave, we're gonna have one hell of a season. Well, yeah, just, I feel good about those two. I really do. For perspective, last year um, we had Keaton Mitchell 1,452. Um, then you had Rajay Harris, who only played in five games, 238 yards, 3.6 yards per carry, five touchdowns, though. And then you had Marlon Gunn that we've discussed, 344 yards. So you had a little over 2,000 yards between those three backs in 2022. So do you, do you guys think that we'll, we'll rush for around that total again between two and 2,100? I think we will, but I think um, the reason we will, um, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say Gunn is going to be our leading rusher, and he'll have either just that or just shy of a thousand. Rosley will probably be around 600 yards. I think the difference is going to be the, the rushing yards from Garcia. I think uh, I think that's why we'll end up with uh, oh, okay. two, two, two thousand to twenty two hundred, you know, over two thousand yards rushing because I think you got to add in uh, Garcia's rushing totals uh, along with the Bucks. I hadn't yeah. thought about that at all. Wow. Last year, last year, Holton finished just shy. I want to say it was 190. Uh, so I, I do think have I, significantly more rushing. Yards. I, I think Mason Garcia will probably have three to four hundred, yeah. and and then um, I agree with you guys, um, or at least Dave. So far, I, I, th- I think Marlon Gunn uh, will be our leading rusher. I think he'll probably have probably 900 to a little over a thousand. And yep. then you could you could have a Gerald Green with five or six hundred, and then and then Rajay Harris about four to five hundred. If you know about Mike Houston too, and now that we're talking about uh, the fifth season, the fact that his running game, I think the offense, Matt and uh, guys, I wanted to ask you a good question. I know we're talking about running back, but uh, I wanted to ask you guys about also about the offensive line. I know that's going to be a question that people ask. How good? Will the offensive line be because that's going to affect our running game, uh, depending on how those guys uh, how they stack up. How do they play? Well, I think that's the million dollar question. I, I think there's there's obviously like a lot of unknowns on that offensive line. Um, I think it's the type of thing where there's still positions up for grabs going into fall camp. You know, I think last year you felt a little more uh, stability from that group, but like you look at right tackle, there's a big there's a big fight going on for that position. You look at center, I think there's a fight for that position. Even the interior spots, I mean, you know, we lost Strother kind of unexpectedly to the ridiculous NIL. Avery um, Jones. Avery Jones. So there's a lot of unknowns. You know, to me, and I've said this, you know, I, I think when you look at this team, uh, that that group is going to kind of dictate how how far we go. As a team, are right. we going to be, are we going to be a competitive team in the conference, or are we going to be contending for a conference championship? I think, at the end of the season, look no further than the O line. No doubt, and we'll have. Uh, by the way, we'll have our O line preview coming up between now and the start of the season. Now, we'll, we'll go go in what, what I do like about the O line is uh, we got a lot of experience there, even though they're guys maybe that hadn't played here. Uh, you, you got guys that have played a lot of football. The places South Florida, Akron, West Virginia, etc. Um, so there's some experience. There's a lot of starting experience. They just got to come together. I, I think the pieces are there. I 
I actually think we may be in better because all things considered, considering what we graduated and then what we lost through the portal, right? Uh, I think we're in better shape on the O line than people realize. I agree 100 percent on that. And again, we're gonna we'll have our O line preview. We'll do different rooms uh, here the next uh, four or five weeks, as we were talking about earlier in the show. And guys, are you ready to take some calls? Sure. Absolutely. One, one, one quick thing I just want to mention about Bond because you know okay. we we're talking just to go back to it really quick. You look at his size; he's a bigger back. He's he's right now he's five eleven, about one eighty five. But you know he's going to put on fifteen pounds. He's going to be built, you know. And then you look at Marlon Gunn, five eleven, about two hundred and two, two hundred and five pounds. He's going to be similar to him in terms of size. Um, Gerald Henderson. 5'9", but he's 195. So you know he's right. one of those. Gerald teams. Green, Gerald Green. I'm sorry, Gerald, Gerald Green. <laughs> I'm going to the NBA. Uh, yeah. But he's that's a stocky dude right there. 5'9", 195 pounds. Pop McKay, you know, Rajay. We have some good-sized backs. Um, yes, we do. You know, there's a lot to be encouraged about there. No doubt if you want to talk about the running backs tonight, uh, you can do so, 252 Two nine zero zero three seven. Yeah, we need, we need to get that number up on the screen. Uh, there, uh, yep. we can do that possibly. Two five two two nine zero zero three seven five, and we'll put you on the air. We'll talk on running backs tonight. Our buddy Stevie Fly, I know, is up there. Robert, Brandon, Chuck. Um, then you can give us a call again. Two five two two nine zero zero three seven five. We want to know about your thoughts about the running backs, and uh, how, we can also talk about. Your thoughts about how many guys will have, will have more than one one thousand thousand dollar thousand yard rusher, or will we have uh, not? Maybe we won't have one. We'll find out. But give us a call right now about the ECU running backs at two five two two nine zero zero three seven five. If you and want to talk can, about anything else pirate related, uh, just you know, feel free to for you if it's a question you have. Maybe we can answer it for you. Right. Give us a call at the number there on the screen, 252-290-0375, and uh, we'll be happy to talk to you live here on the air. If you're listening to this in podcast form, we are live on Sunday night, uh, July 16th. So if you're listening to this later, do not try to call in. <laughs> I'll take your call, but it won't be on the air. Uh, so, again, 252-290-0375 is the number. We had a question from Robert earlier. And we'd answered it, uh, but people were asking about if you're just joining us about the play-by-play uh, situation. We should know the answer this week, and uh, maybe as early as tomorrow. And as I said, um, our good old friend Bubba Rosenbaum, as soon as we know something, he will uh, put it up there. In fact, uh, Robert said, let's beat a dead horse. Campbell or Duke announcer, have they made a decision yet for the voice replacement? Uh, it may not be neither. Uh, we hope it's one of those two guys. That's Chris Haymire, Chris Edwards. Uh, everybody on the show, I think, will we'll, we'll openly say we hope it's one of those two guys, but it could mm-hmm. be somebody else. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll know this week. Yes, yeah, we se- will. Several guys in the, involved in the the process that uh, you know, have SEC ties. Uh, you know, one one of which uh, was our former baseball announcer uh, back during the Billy Godwin era, and Darren Hedrick. So, um, so definitely. Uh, so go ahead, Dave. And I was going to just add to that, Bubba. Sorry, it's a little bit of lag for me. Uh, we also have a, an Alabama tie, um, an Alabama announcer. So we'll see about that. And also a Kentucky 
uh, we have a Kentucky announcer, right? Oh, he was just mentioning him. There. Yeah, yeah I, Patrick, I, I, uh, but then also uh, Florida is probably the one you Florida. were thinking of. Yeah, I'm sorry. I meant to say Florida. Yeah, so it's Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, um, Duke, or uh, Campbell. Those are your five choices. So um, we'll Guys, see how we'll it plays out. Last... Oh, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. What was that, Matt? I was going to say, we talked about this last week, but whoever it is, man, love East Carolina. Don't look yes. at this as a stepping stone job because the fans will see right through it. Exactly. Um, it's tough to replace a legend, man. I mean, whoever's taking this job is is replacing a legend. Um, yep. But but I just hope that it's somebody who loves East Carolina, who, who truly wants to be here. This is not a two-, three-year gig to move to the SEC and right. bring some passion to it. That's um, what – that's that's all we. I mean, I think the fan base would be very happy if we got that type of guy. Yeah, I, the thing is, in my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. If we hire the wrong guy, if it's just a guy, if, if it's a guy who has a good voice, who who's just doing this as a job and does a good job, uh, I I just I, I think we're gonna. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the fan base pisses all over him. I mean, yeah. it needs it needs to be somebody that the fan base believes is genuine, believes believes that they believe in East Carolina. Um, you, 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 it's a delicate situation. It's not, Jeff didn't retire. He passed away. Right. So to me, the, the baton needs to be, in my opinion, the town, like Matt alluded to, the baton needs to be passed to somebody who genuinely not just doesn't just want the job because of the chance to, to, to be the voice of a, of a D1 football program, but wants the job because it's East Carolina. Yeah, and I would add one more thing. Matt, when you were talking about passion, and Kyle, I know you're a very passionate person. Um, if uh, this guy plays it straight, meaning that it's just a announcer piece of it, if you don't show any kind of emotion when we score a big uh, touchdown, um, you're not going to last long at East Carolina. I, I don't, don't care how your contract. I don't think we'll have to. I, I, I would hope. You know, I, I know, I know I've heard Chris Edwards. I've heard Chris Haymeyer. I've heard Darren Hendrick. I know all three of those guys. I don't know how they call things, and they have some excitement. I've, I've never heard uh, uh, the 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 guy from um, Hoover from uh, from Alabama. I've never heard him call any kind of game. I'm sure he's good, and I've never heard Kyle. Um, I can't think of his last name from Florida. Um, I, I've never heard him call anything, but I'm, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're passionate. They're in the Kyle, SEC. Kyle Crooks. Kyle Crooks. They're in the SEC, so I'm sure they're passionate. I'm sure they understand. And they've heard those SEC announcers. I'm sure they understand how to call a football game and a basketball game. Uh, it's just I want that genuineness. It, it, there's a difference between just excitement for excitement's sake and the, what's the the style you call games versus being genuine. And and you know I, I'll uh, I'll support whoever gets the job, and we all will. Um, we'll have no other choice, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, you know I, I, we have our favorites, and you know I think I think it's obvious who they are, and we'll see what happens. Um, by the way, give us a call. We had a call. I lost a caller. Uh, whoever that is, call us back two five two two nine zero zero three seven five. Call us back now. We had you on hold for a reason, and we were getting ready to come to you. So two five two two nine zero zero three seven five. Give us a call back, and I uh, love to have you on the show talking about running backs. Uh, how about Robert Matthews? He bought a $100 raffle ticket uh, like the AT&T coach said, bring me my money. That's right, about the uh, Charles scholarship. Yeah, I was going to say, for people that 
were unaware that's that's the 50 50 raffle the tickets that are being sold uh, to support the jeff charles scholarship or you know scholarship with his name on it to the ecu school of communications yeah and if you win if they sell all 200 tickets uh, you're gonna win 10 grand whoever wins that so uh it's pretty nice yes it is 10 grand will be nice right about now uh, 252-290-0375. If you have thoughts on the East Carolina running backs, give us a call and uh, we can talk about that. We can talk about maybe the play-by-play voice job if you want to talk about that. We can talk NIL with uh, Team Boneyard. We could talk um, maybe some, I was going to say Conference USA. Every time I think about Kyle and, and Might as well be. Um, no, I was thinking about when you were talking about years ago with Terry Holland with the merger. Right. Um, but my idea is have an AAC and Mountain West merge. Um, we heard some more stuff on that today. So uh, give us a call. Whatever you want to talk about, 252-290-0375 is our number. And, again, we're talking East Carolina running backs, ECU, whatever you'd like to talk about tonight, uh, give us a call back. So Yeah, and I, uh, just to jump in really quick, and I, you know, I sorry, guy, I keep going back to uh, the running game here. I just have a lot of thoughts about it, you know. Um, it's it's going to I mean you look at what Keaton Mitchell did last year averaged over 7 yards a carry guys I mean that's that is unbelievable um and, and you know I think what's going to happen with this in particular with this room is you're not going to get I don't think you're going to get that type of production you only get that type of production maybe once every every decade um that's just an incredible year but somebody's going to have to take the job somebody's going to have to win it and you know, you might go into the first two games mixing up carries, trying to give, you know, people looks, you know, trying to see who's going to step up and take it. Somebody will take it. Um, you know, my money's on Marlon Gunn. You know, I think just like like you guys mentioned. But uh, it will play itself out. But I think it's going to be more of a committee um, this year. And I don't think that's a bad thing because you keep guys fresh and it, it's a long year. Um, but I think you'll see more of a committee by approach. and uh, But ultimately, Marlon Gum will take it. Especially the Michigan game, right, guys? Uh, you're trying really hard to not get a whole bunch of, uh, obviously, uh, injuries. That's one of my concerns for that game. Yeah, well, I mean, all games. But, yeah, the Michigan game, I'm with you. Uh, you, you're, you. That's a good litmus test. If you can uh, if you can break some tackles against Michigan, chances are you can break some tackles against, you know, Rice. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm with you. Play multiple backs against Michigan. Don't get anybody hurt. And, and then uh, let's get to the meat of our schedule against Marshall, App, et cetera. All right. Sounds good to me. Again, give us a call. Uh, give us a call, 252-290-0375. Yeah, uh, Stevie, we hadn't put you on the air yet, so call us back, Stevie. Uh, yeah, and uh, I thought that might be you. Give us a call, 252-290-0375 is our number, and we'll call you. We'll put you on the air here. Yeah, we, we, don't, we, don't have, we don't have a call screener, Stevie, so when it picks up, you're just going to hear us in the background until we put you on the air. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a Shirley Rose. Um, so, Where's Shirley? So when it, when it gets picked up, you're just going to hear the show until we put you on the air. So uh, just, just we need to make that clear probably for, Thank you, for yep. future reference. Again, call us back, 252-290-0375. What are your thoughts on the running backs room or maybe the season? Uh, the, the, 
I think the Pirates are going bowling. What do you think? Obviously, we could talk a lot of different things. It's uh, the middle of July, like Kyle said, so a lot of great things happening. And the uh, off-season guys getting ready. Fall camp is just in the matter of just a few weeks, hard to believe, and we'll be ready to rock and roll. Media day will be around the corner. And I haven't heard, uh, Bubba and I were talking about this off-air last week. We haven't heard about the AAC media days when that is coming up. But I'm sure that's in the matter of... Uh, uh, it's in Dallas this year. Yep. Um, I believe. I did hear. Uh, oh, you did? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's announced. It's out there. You, you guys, When do you guys want to look it up? Uh, I believe it's the first week in August. Um, okay. But but if somebody wants to check that, it's out there. I mean, it's, it's been announced. All right, I'm, I haven't seen anything on it, but that doesn't mean that. Uh, no, I but, promise you, it's been announced. <laughs> we're we're mid July. No, I know, I know. I usually it's in August, but I didn't know the. Uh, let's see, July twenty fourth and twenty fifth. It looks like and coming up in Dallas, right? yeah, instead of Connecticut. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. That's July twenty fourth, twenty fifth. That's next week. All right. Wow. All right, and uh, if you have a call, then give us a uh, If you have any questions, comments, and then call us tonight. And that number is, again, 252-290-0375. And uh, this has got to be Stevie Fly. I'm going to guess it's Stevie. What's up, brother? What's up, guys? Kyle, you there to translate? Yeah, I'm here, man. I got you. I will translate you for Matt <laughs> and, and for anybody else in the, out there in the listening land that that's trouble understanding Stevie. I will translate. Love Stevie. I, got you. I just want to make sure you're on alert. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me know you didn't have a screener yet. I will. Stevie, you broke up on us. I can, hear, I can hear Stevie, yeah. Okay. You, Dave, none of the rest of us can hear Stevie now. Steve, are you there? Yeah, I think Dave's hearing him, and we're not. Dave, Dave you're Dave, muted. You got yourself muted. If you mute yourself, we can't hear Stevie. Oh, I can hear him. Yeah. Well, that's why. Okay, can y'all hear me now? Yeah, Dave yeah. muted himself. Okay, I, I, I would just okay. make sure, like that, what that that uh, wireless commercial. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we got um, you. We got now. You. Now, Stevie, I know you were chiming in in the comments uh, as far as the running back situation. Um, you definitely think we'll have at least probably about an 800-yard rusher, if not a third straight season with a 1,000-yard rusher. So um, do you agree with us? you think Marlon Gunn will, will be that top rusher? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, you're looking about a 900, 900 to maybe a 1,000. I hope he gets a 1,000 yards. If he gets a 1,000 yards, that means we're going to have a really good season. Uh, maybe about six or seven from from uh, the other. And then, like you said, Garcia with about 400. But my question for you guys is, what kind of chance do you think Keaton's got of making the Baltimore Ravens this year? Uh, I, I think it's a good chance. I mean, it, with his dad's history, um, he's a hell of a football player, that kind of speed. You're going to find a spot for him on your roster, even if it's just special teams. That's what I was wondering too, Stevie. Is uh, special teams with man? He is lightning fast, four three speed. You got to put him on uh, and his track record in high school, and then and obviously in college. Is uh, I think he's got a good chance. I really do. Yeah, but as a Steeler fan, you know he could have been anybody <laughs> but the Ravens. Um, 
Yeah, I did. I did listen to a. Uh, I was listening to a Seahawks podcast earlier in the week, saying Holton, uh, the guys on there. Now this is nobody with the team, but the guys on there thought it was a good chance Holton made the team because of the new quarterback rule, uh, and they were they were praising him. What are they? What's the new quarterback rule? Help me out if uh... you can. You you can have a another quarterback, emergency quarterback on the on the roster. Instead of having your usual amount, I guess, because some some of the teams got down to their their last two right. last year on the and so now you can dress out or have another quarterback on your roster now. I didn't know right. that. Well, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Stevie, so, this is Stevie. Oh, this is Matt. I wanted you to know I can understand what you're saying. I can. So Kyle, you, you can. Yeah, Kyle doesn't. He doesn't need to translate. You're good, man. <laughs> Hopefully, you see, can understand. See, that makes me feel. See, that <laughs> makes me feel great right now. If Matt understands me, then I know everybody can understand me now. With there this southern go. accent. Yeah. Hey, Kyle there can't you understand you. Right, I'll tell you, though, Stevie, right, just guys. to go back to – Yeah, I'll, I'll – Thank you, Stevie, for the call. Appreciate you, bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, Matt, what would uh, you say? You know, as far as Keaton making, you know, the, the Ravens, I think he's got a great chance. I'm still shocked he didn't get drafted. I, I, I don't understand. I am, too. You know, there's there's a lot of scouts out there that get paid a lot of money. There's a lot of GMs out there that do, you know, that's what they do. They look at personnel. Um, to have a running back that productive in college, um, you know, he and he did it consistently. You know, it wasn't right. like a flash in the pan where yeah. he did it a few times. I mean, he did it week in, week out. The only game he didn't do it, Tulane, he was, he was really banged up that day. Yep. Um, and I think if he was healthy, there's a good chance he would win that game. But – you know, I think what's going to happen with him, first of all, he's he's got great character, too. Um, and he's got the athletic ability. He's get him in a, in a preseason game, get him a lot of touches, let him flash the uh, the home run hitter speed. And I think right. he'll he'll turn heads quick. And, you know, I think in terms of Holton, uh, Holton's going to blow people away with his uh you know, his, his ability to be like a great teammate, his football acumen. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he wound up making the team and, and just impresses everybody out there. And I don't say that about everybody, but those two guys I feel like have a really good chance because they have great athletic ability, but also high character. And you know they're going to put in the right. work. Um, so I, I think there's a very good chance. Now, man, it's a – that explosive that Keaton's got, you can't you can't teach that, and uh, I, that's something that all the NFL teams are looking for. Like you, I was shocked he didn't get picked, and uh, unfortunately, you know the Ravens picked him up. Like I said, but you know, I, I, you know, if I'll have to pull for one person on the Ravens team, it'll be Keaton. I know that kills you too, as big a big Steelers fan. It, it does. <laughs> a Stevie, uh, you, you, you want to do sometimes. Stevie, uh, you want to plug your show before uh, before you before you go, or you, you hang out for a while? Oh yeah, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll plug it. Yeah, that, you can you can find me on the final score. I just uh, just did a. I've got I've got a couple of interviews. I'm I'm holding back for a little while, but uh, I did an interview with uh, Randy Cuthbert. I don't know if you guys remember him, the big Duke running back that yep. uh, went on to play for the Steelers. Uh, then. Uh, Mike Bass, who a lot of you may not remember, Mike Bass from the uh, 1972 Washington Redskins Super Bowl team, the guy that took the Gary O'Your Premium uh, interception back for a touchdown for the Redskins. 
we did a great interview with him. And also, we got on the fly with all the music, music entertainment, uh, wrestling. Pop culture. You know, pop culture. That's what we get. That's the best word for it, I guess, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. No um, Translation yeah, in we, full we effect. We do all that. We, we've had Kyle on a few times, hoping hoping to get all you guys on there sometime uh, with the, the between the final score and on the fly. And uh, But, yeah, that's you can find me anywhere on social media. Find me on Apple Music. YouTube. I got a YouTube channel, so check us out. It's great, and look for a big announcement here in the next few weeks with Stevie, too, right, Stevie? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting. Just All waiting, right. buddy. All right. It'll be in the next uh, week or two, I promise. And uh, join us, by the way, Stevie. We've got a big show coming up August the 5th. I'd love to have you uh, chime in any way you can. It's our college football preview live from Porky's Backyard Barbecue in williamston and love to have you for that uh, college football preview yeah definitely i would definitely be check it out all right man all right you guys have a good night thank you thank you matt you made my night by being able to understand me maybe kyle can (laughs) one day i don't have to to pay kyle anymore yeah Yeah, man job yeah (laughs) good job stevie thanks man see you later Uh, steve y'all have a good night all right too if you have something you want to talk about tonight, 252-290-0375. Great to hear from our good friend Stevie Fly and um, love uh, love his uh, take on music. And obviously, he's a big, uh, like Bubba, he's a huge wrestling fan. So um, I'm kidding, Bubba. Uh, we love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> but he's yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah, Steve, Stevie's about as big a wrestling fan as I am. But no, what Stevie brought up as far as Holton Aylers. Now, obviously, this is really putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. But, you know, if he, if he makes it uh, onto the roster this year and the next couple years, I could really see Holton, if he gets those two or three years under his belt and uh, gets an opportunity or two in games and proves himself that um, – I could see him being a guy like a Shane Matthews, who obviously is uh, someone that that um, I know you guys are familiar with, two-time SEC quarterback uh, or SEC player of the year as a quarterback at Florida in the early 90s. But um, very rarely he started some games, but he was largely a career backup and, and played well over a decade, probably a decade and a half, uh, in the NFL as a backup quarterback because of his – what he brought to the table, like Stevie was saying and like Kyle and Matt were saying, with his football intelligence and uh, leadership abilities. No doubt, guys. We have a call. You ready to go to another call? Yeah. Caller, you're on the air. Go ahead, caller. Hi. Hi, this is Avery. I'm calling from Wilmington. All right. Hey, uh, Avery, uh, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the opener against Michigan. What do you think, Avery? Make, make it uh, make it competitive. I'm I'm going to hang up and, and listen to you guys. Okay. Thank you so See much, you Avery. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, my thoughts. Um, <laughs> tough, tough contest. You go up to Michigan, Ann Arbor. Um, it, it, it's, it's a, you know, we're 36 point dogs. Uh, they're going to be, you know, top five in the country, potentially as high as one or two. Um, it, winning that game would, would be a monumental, um, undertaking. 
So uh, my thoughts is don't get anybody hurt. Um, hopefully we play good defense, run the ball well, keep it competitive. Um, I, I'd like to have a good show, and I'd like for everybody to to come away from that game thinking the, the Pirates had a good showing and, and we don't get embarrassed. And uh, But as far as winning it, um, I think the chances are slim to none. Uh, but uh, hopefully we have a good showing. Well, Matt, uh, let me. I'm going to put Matt on the spot right here. Thank you very much, Avery, for the call from Wilmington to Port City. Getting calls from a Husky in Wilmington. Uh, so two North Carolina towns, uh, eastern North Carolina. Now, northeastern not North in Alaska. This baby's not in Ahoski. He's in Alaska. Alaska, 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 North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sounds like a Southerner's trying to pronounce Alaska. But anyway, uh, Matt. Yeah, Dave. That's what that's what I was about to say. I, one of these days, I want to go on Alaska cruise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Matt, I have a friend uh, from China Grove that has a way stronger accent than Stevie. Who would think, that be? Why you think so, Matt? You think you think Bubba's? I know we're getting off subject from the question. Of, uh, <laughs> well, 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 Matt, I, tell you, I think you may be correct. <laughs> no, I think Bubba, what the difference is Bubba has a Western North Carolina accent, and Stevie's accent is Northeastern North Carolina. Uh, it's, it's totally Stevie's different. got that North, Northeastern. It's, it's borderline in, into that South Boston area of Virginia Wood Button type accent. It, it, it's getting pretty close. But uh, anyway, back to the question at hand. I answered it about Michigan. Matt, what are your thoughts on the Pirates trip to Ann Arbor? How do you win the game, Matt? That was my – I was going to put you on the spot. How do you win the game? I can answer that. I said it before, smallpox outbreak for the Michigan football players. No, I'm talking about a real (laughs) – outside. You don't have that happen. How do you win that game? I mean, you know, to win a game like that, first of all, you have to to play a clean – extremely clean game. I mean, a perfect game. Um, to the point where you just don't make any mistakes, you know, field position would be imperative, you know, not starting drives on your own 10 yard line and putting yourself, you know, backing yourself up, but, you know, being able to move the ball, you know, uh, move the sticks, obviously you're going to need to score a lot of points to win that game. I I would say to win that game, you're going to need 35 to 40 points. Um, and that's not a knock on our defense. That's just what Michigan is capable of no. doing against anybody. So you're going to need to score a lot, but you're also going to need a big player too. Like, for example, a return kickoff or, you know, they turn the ball over and we scoop and score, that type of thing. Like, it's going to take a lot to be able to go up there and win that game. Now, it's been done before. Um but we'd have to play just about a perfect game because of the fact that we have so many new guys and a new quarterback. Right. You can't have a special teams blunders like the Luke Larson school of punting where you, uh, you have them blocked. That's one thing. And obviously with the, every field goal, we're going to make as many of those and God forbid, we cannot miss any extra points. Right, Bubba. Well, this is a, that's the thing you think about this game. This could arguably be the, the toughest opener in East Carolina football history, depending on how the season right. unfolds. And because uh, you think back, um, you, you think of 95, um, that was a very, very tough opener um, that Matt took part in over in Knoxville against Peyton Manning and the, the balls. Very competitive in that game. Um, lost 27 to 7, moved the ball between the 20s, could not cash in in the red zone. Um, I think back to the 80s, uh, I know. We opened down at Florida State. So this is that 
that same type of game against a, a top five or in this case, a top two opponent probably. Um, maybe some people even have them as number one. Uh, most people will probably have Georgia. But this game, Kyle, you talk about the 36-and-a-half point spread. I think I still just with so many unknowns uh, and what Michigan has done uh, over the last couple years, um, first game for a new quarterback, be it I mean, I know I know Mason Garcia started in 2020, but essentially first game yeah. for Mason Garcia or Alex Flynn uh, for all intents and purposes. And, you know, with that being the case, I, I could really see it playing out, I don't know, 41-13, 40, 45-13, something like that. I, uh, I think that we'll um, – I don't think we're going to go up there and get totally run over. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's probably going to be a little too much to ask uh, with all the new pieces to to go up there and, and do the unthinkable. Yeah, yeah. Un- 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 unthinkable in, in um, the nation's eyes. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes you have a really good football team. You're just playing a team that's that damn much better. I think about – I believe uh, Bubble will remember this. Dave, you might. Uh, what season? I believe it was the 07 season. If not, it was the 06 season. But I'm almost positive it was the 07 season. We had a game at West Virginia where we just got boat raced. And we were a pretty good football team in 06 or 07, whichever year it was. I know the 08 team is the one we beat. Them well, we beat West Virginia. Home. Yeah, but it, it was either it 06 been... or 07. We got boat raced up at West Virginia. Boat race. That's one of the great words you hear in college. Where did that word come from, Kyle? I, I have no idea, uh, but I, I, I stole it from someone else. Um, you know, when, when somebody blows your, you blows you out, they, they boat race you. I, you know, you really only hear it in terms of, of, of football, maybe basketball, but I, I don't know, Matt, I don't know where that came from, but I use it. Now, uh, that, now that boat race and then woodshed beating is another one of my favorites yeah that, take them uh, behind the woodshed. well you got the one you got my my real favorite saying uh, matt but unfortunately i can't say it on the air unless I'm <laughs> <laughs> i don't but, I, when it's 36 and a half uh like i've said many times on this uh it's very disrespectful to east carolina i i really believe <laughs> like i've said no i'm i'm serious 28 I think it's around twenty. You realize points. there's one school, one school in the entire country that returns less starters than we do. I understand that, but we still have they. They're not. Here's the thing that uh, Matt. I want to get your take on this. Being can't uh, stay, um, by the way. Okay, thank you. The problem is we have experts and the talking heads, and the problem with them right now is they're using an old model. They're not taking any, any consideration the transfer portal, Matt's favorite word, whatsoever. And that's the problem I have. I didn't say – notice I didn't say that East Carolina is going to win the game, but uh, 36 and a half is very strong, um, very disrespectful. And, again, um, they're not taking in – we lost pieces, yes. Pieces graduated, yes. But we've gained a lot more, and we have a lot more than what they take into consideration. Yeah, I think they're basing that on just past history. Like, I think you can almost take East Carolina out of the equation. I ran the numbers um, a few months back, and I looked at home openers under Jim Harbaugh. And I want to say that the average margin of victory was exactly 35. Uh, So I think 
They're mm-hmm. probably looking at history um, and, and some of the new faces. But if you're East Carolina, like if you're Mike Houston, if you're a coach, if you're a player, you definitely feel insulted by that. And you want to go up there and make sure that you play a competitive game. You want to take that personally, you know, put it up, put it on the, uh, put it on the whiteboard, you know, yeah. um, take that personally. And, and, you know, you just try to prove everybody wrong. I mean, that's, that's what the great teams do. I know the teams that I was on at ECU, we had that mentality like, Hey, you know, we're a 35 point dog, you know, kiss my ass. We're, we're coming to hey, play hey, and Matt. we're coming to win. And that's, and that's the attitude you really have to have. The great teams have it. How many guys or how many talking heads predicted you guys to go down to Miami and we uh, beat, I mean, beat them 31 to seven. Nobody, nobody okay. in the Thank world. You. Um, Thank you. And especially coming off a, a home actually, home. actually you're both, you're both 100% wrong. Um, Arnie Spaniard picked East Carolina to beat Miami. Yeah. And he was, he had a national radio show at the time. So, (laughs) one. Well, I'll give him credit, but not, I'll say this then. How about this? I would say 98% of the people, uh, you know, in that game. But, you know, hey, you just have to go up there and make the most of your opportunity. And that's, that's, that's what you need to do. It's going to take a clean game. Yeah. That, uh, that Miami game, um, in 96. Uh, after the Southern Miss loss, um, Arnie actually, I don't know if you, I'm sure Bubba remembers this. Uh, Arnie actually picked East Carolina to win that game before the season started. He, uh, he picked yep. East Carolina yeah. to go up and beat Miami, uh, in the Orange Bowl. And, uh, well, he, he, be- he became a brief, brief, um, East Carolina celebrity. You know, even though he had a national show, uh, we, he, he was, he was very well loved for a couple of years there, uh, at East Carolina because of calling that upset. What happened? Dave Schutte, his producer, I believe was uh, a Miami guy. Yeah, he bet him his car. Yep. And uh, we actually helped him uh, get to give a, share, a shout out to Blair Bagley, um, who had Bagley's uh, car sales in uh, Williamston. <laughs> he, uh, he, he gave, he uh, pretty much gave me a car. So I got to give him a shout out. My and, mom bought, bought bought two cars from Blair back in the late eighties. Yeah, um, Blair is awesome. It was that's right. Uh, it was at O'Cools. Thank you, Johnny. And uh, we had it. We painted it purple and gold. And uh, appreciate Blair very much for helping us out with that. But uh, that's where that whole thing got started. And also, Matt, uh, not to get on an Arnie Spanier uh, tangent, but Arnie was awesome at picking. Um, he called them upset specials, and I love that because. He had a lot of guts, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it for y'all. I'm going to do it for y'all. All right. Uh, special number one. Don't want the points. Don't need the points. Take the points. Michigan, 36-and-a-half point favorites. I like East Carolina to cover the spread. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I got to give you that. was good. Uh, Arnie. Arnie was. So do you, do you got, do you, Dave, do you remember? Bobby, yeah. I don't know if you were listening also. Do you remember how he used to give his number? Yeah, I, I can still do it. remember the phone number for 101 Sports Network because the way Arnie used to give it on the. Two. Nine let, it, let us hear it, Kyle. 1 800 777 2 Yeah, well, that's right. That was <laughs> tremendous. That was that brilliant. Was tremendous. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the movie Private Parts with Howard Stern. How you know he had that guy uh, pig vomit. You guys remember Bubba remembers, yeah. and he made him looks say, like a pig makes you want to vomit. Pig vomit. 
WNBC. Remember, he had, he had to <laughs> yeah. say it a certain way, and he got fired for it if he yep. didn't say it right. Yeah. That's the way yeah. he wanted to say it. Yeah, you if, if you say something in a certain way, people remember it. It's actually smart. Yep. We won't, a- we won't talk about the kielbasa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so to your point, though, Dave has to say our number in a certain way that people remember it. There you go. There you go. We got, we got to get Dave. All to right, Kyle, that. you got to do it. All right. Put it up on the screen. There it is. All right. Very bottom. Call yes. in at 252-290-0375. All right. How back? Uh, Bubba, can you do it? I'll that's pass. Two, that, that's I, two I, by I, two. I can't. I can't talk, Kyle. That's two five two two nine zero zero three seven five. <laughs> All right, I'll get Guy's you. He's a to natural do. at this stuff, man. Probably. Yeah, he he is a natural. Oh, I'm just I'm tremendous. Bubba, you got that audio clip again about being tremendous? <laughs> uh, uh, hey guys, I'm I'm producing for my phone tonight, so okay, bear damn with, it, we're okay. supposed to you know, have that queued up. <laughs> that was tremendous. There you go. <laughs> that will oh, always gosh. be a classic. <laughs> oh my, Johnny Gardner, what's up? Since he won't give us a call, uh, he, he's just he's chiming in in the comments. But since he won't uh, give us a call, we'll, we'll put him on the air and you know put him on the show his voice that way there you go I, would, I imagine a lot of people are quite confused what the hell's going on when they hear that voice like who is that <laughs> well, like, that is the voice of 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 of, of, of listener and pirate johnny gardner uh that Bubba the has. one the only the og just he just records people saying saying stuff and then pulls it out whenever he wants to 10 years no, later th- th- these are things that uh that johnny has sent me in our text conversations and they were so good that i was like i said i gotta save that for the show okay all right good deal you can call us at 252 i have a question for you guys all right it might be a little too early you know, I don't know if you know you guys have had a chance to dig into it, do all your homework yet. But any predictions for a national champion next year? Uh next year or this year? Th- this year, I'm saying next year. But thi- this uh, Kyle's going to say Michigan. Uh, I hope it is. I, ho- so. I hope it is Michigan. If, if, if they beat us, that'll that'll uh, that'll look good. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, you, you, just typical Georgia, Michigan. Um, I'd have to do some research to to see if there's anybody you know unusual besides the usual Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio states. Um, is, is there anybody else out there that can sneak up like TCU did last year and be a dark horse? Um, I, I don't know, Matt. Hey, Matt. By the way, there's never been a threepeat. So if Georgia does it, uh, you know, do you fire Nick Saban in Alabama? <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me if some people thought that way. <laughs> I don't feel that way, but I'm just like, you know, the no, Alabama fans. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, um, not not to steer too much away from the, the national championship question that, that Dave posed, but, you know, since we were talking about the the 252-290-0375, um, Stevie Fly said he wants you to sing it into a jingle uh, like the old UBE commercial. All right. 
Hey, put the number up on the screen. Uh, I wanted the big bold print there where it's in front of me. Good, you know I am legally yep. blind here. Here we go. There we go. Two five two two nine zero zero three seven five. University, University Book Exchange. Book Exchange. <laughs> go ahead, Kyle. I know you can sing that. Two five two two nine zero zero three seven five. The sports objective for ECU <laughs> University Book Exchange. I don't know. <laughs> the spirit of the East. Remember that? ECU. Well, he said the old UBE commercial. No, I know. UBE for ECU. I, yeah. I, do, I do remember. Everybody remembers Spirit of the East. All. That was great. That was a great I'm, one. I'm taking it yeah. back to not to not to veer away from your uh, from your jingle. Kyle, it was, it was you better not. You better not veer away from my jingle. <laughs> of course, you know when you look at some of these preseason preseason top twenty fives. Of course, there's zero creativity because right. you know college football tends to be. Uh, I like to say it's the most un-American sport there is. If you're not Very vanilla, if you don't have a established program going back a hundred years, it's t- it's tough to break into the good old boys club, but. Look at the SI. They have. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Matt. That might make it the most the most American sport. Yeah, well, that's that's that is touche. That's a good point. But they have Ohio State number one again. This is SI, which is a somewhat irrelevant uh, news outlet at this point. But uh, Ohio State number one, Alabama two, Georgia three, and LSU at four. So uh, wow. not much originality there. Definitely no surprise. But um, you know, we'll see. Go ahead and name the name the rest of the top ten, so we can, or you know, just like Kyle mentioned, a team like a TCU and TCU obviously was nowhere near the top ten last year when when they made their run. So they have Texas at five. They have Michigan. Now this one has some uh, relevance. Michigan at six. So they're right there for a playoff spot. USC at seven. Clemson at eight. How about this? Now, does anybody get more love than Notre Dame? They're, they have wow. Notre Dame. Are you sure you're not looking at last year? <laughs> no, no. This is uh, this you is, know they did finish the season well last year, but I wouldn't have them in the top ten. Well, lots of love. I, I don't. I, you know, Clemson's another team, man. Is Clemson going to bounce back? They they seem to be hey. trending down. Well, Garrett Riley, um, one of the biggest offseason hires as far as. Yep. Assistant coach, assistant coaches, Garrett Riley coming over from TCU. So very interested to see, uh, you know, what Kate Klubnick and the the Tigers do on offense uh, under new OC Garrett Riley. And how about Jr. Johnny Robertson has a great point. I, I agree with him. Uh, well, Stevie Fly says Hartman coming from Wake to Notre Dame, and Johnny says if Joe Milton plays like I believe that he can, Tennessee has a good shot. As anyone, Johnny. You are so right. I think that the Vols, I'm not a Tennessee fan, but I'll tell you something, guys. Watch out for Tennessee. Uh, I really think they've got a good shot. Tennessee's good. Um, The thing is, typically, teams that win national championships typically play better defense than Tennessee does. Uh, Tennessee can score on anybody. Can they take that defense to the next level? If they can take that defense to the next level, yeah, Tennessee could be a national championship contender. Speaking of defense and taking their defense to the next level and doing what they need to do to become a national title contender, last year you had USC under Lincoln Riley. Um, very good year. 
fortunately, um, you know, from our perspective, it yeah. ended it ended in a Cotton Bowl loss to Tulane. Their their only losses besides that were both to Utah. So, um, and one of those was competitive. The game, the one in the championship game, was not. Uh, so, right. uh, what what are your thoughts? So you have Caleb Williams coming back. Will USC improve enough defensively um, to to maybe make a push for the playoff? I, I think yeah, what's their non-conference schedule like, Bubba? Because uh, in the give, Pac-12, me a, give me a moment and I'll, I'll I'll bring that up. In the Pac-12, I think Washington's going to be pretty good. Besides that, I'd I'd have to go look at the Pac-12 preview to really go in depth. Um, so it really it, it it's not even as important of how much they've improved. You know, Utah's always right there as a as a competitor in the Pac-12 because they play a different brand of football than anybody in the Pac-12. They're always physical. They play more like a Big Ten school. Um, right. So, you know, Utah, Oregon, um, they could USC could easily run through the Pac-12. Uh, what does their non-conference look like is, is a big question to me. I'm assuming they played Notre Dame. I don't yep. know what else. That's correct. And, yeah. and Matt. I'm not a uh, USC well, believer. Uh, I'm just not. I mean, Tulane absolutely carved them up last year, Dave with a month's preparation, um, you know, USC had a month to prepare defensively for that game. They got absolutely carved up. You know, uh, a lot of American conference schools played much better defense against uh, Tulane than, than USC did. So I think they have an uphill battle. I think their team's going to look a lot like last year. A ton of points, a lot of fireworks, but, uh, you know, very little defense. Right, but Kyle, if, if, they, if they win the Pac-12 and if they have a weak non-conference schedule, they could still end up in the playoffs. Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys that very thing. One of my only criticism, have you guys noticed uh, from Lincoln Riley at well, East Carolina, you look at Oklahoma, you look at USC, great on offense, puts video game numbers up on offense, but defensively you can't stop, they can't stop anybody. Well, you, and can't, so, you, you well, can't blame him for that at East Carolina. That wasn't his responsibility. But I, 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 uh, I, I think the offense leads to that a little bit because of the pace they go at. I think he, you know, I, I think he, anybody who's just a who, I think a lot of players, a lot of places. I don't know. People don't recruit like this as much as they used to, so maybe it ain't as relevant. But used to it, it, your best athletes. If you just had a guy that was a good athlete, you'd put him on defense. Uh, yeah, Lincoln Riley will put anybody that's fast that can catch. He'll, he'll have he'll he'll have eighty five thousand wide receivers. So I think that hurts his depth on defense. Um, Look at this. Stevie said, uh, Stevie Fly. How is it that certain teams can never get their defense together? Riley's teams have never done defense, and that's it's just the way they play football. It's the way they play football. Um, they're not controlling the clock, is what you're right. saying. They control it's, the game. It's just, it's just the nature of what they do. It's like Mike Leach style offense. It's, it. it I, I don't know what the answer. My, my answer would probably be to, to have a very aggressive defensive coordinator that tried to force a lot of turnovers. Um, I, I that would probably be my answer if I was. But, you know, I, I don't know who their defensive coordinator is at USC. Honestly, yeah, I'm not sure either. I think a lot of it comes down to, you know. Your possession, your time of possession in yeah. your drives are so quick. So many explosive plays. By the time your defense comes off the they field, they get worn out. They get well, they get worn out, and then they don't have time to make adjustments. Too. Um, the best thing USC has going for them these days are the the TV timeouts, which seem to last forever. 
it's that's such a good chance to adjust on the sideline. Um, but so I mean, the schedule I up there. Yeah, yeah. So, taking a look at the that Southern Cal schedule, San they open San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford. So they should certainly start three and zero if they do what they can. Not that they couldn't stub the toe, but uh, they if they do what they should, they should be three and zero going to Arizona State. Um, but really, the the toughest part of their schedule is the second half. You you have a three, excuse me, a four week stretch there. I think the final two weeks of October, and let me see. There we go. Yes, yeah, final two weeks of October and first two weeks of November. And then you also have UCLA in there, which is obviously a, a huge crosstown rival. But um, you have you have Utah on, I think it's October 21st. And then you have November 4th, Washington at the Coliseum. And then the next week, you have to go to Austin Stadium. So what, what a four-week stretch that is. And um, odds are, if I, if I was a betting man, I, I would say that they'll – they'll lose at least one of those uh, three games. You get Washington, you get you, you, you get uh, Utah, and you get UCLA at home. Um, so I like that uh, at Oregon. Um, if, if they can take care of their business at home, let's see they lose one game to Oregon. Um, and they're and – they're, uh, And they also have at Notre Dame. Okay. So, yeah, potentially – 10 and 2, 11 and 1, and then the Pac 12 championship game. Uh, they'll be in the playoff picture, I, I think. I think they'll be in the discussion. <laughs> the, first, the first half of that schedule is kind of a joke when you look at it. Like It is. Uh, you look at our, I mean, I think our first half is more challenging than that. Um, you know, you look at App, Marshall, Michigan. Yeah. I mean, that's that's no joke. Um, even even Rise with JT Daniels. His tenth school, but uh, you know. yeah, <laughs> we, we we did leave out Gardner Webb. I'll I'll leave out Gardner Webb. I I don't know if I would. <laughs> Dave, something something um that that has been highly discussed in the college football world going into this year, and I wanted to get Matt's perspective because I mean obviously his spouse is a Florida alum, so um you know if the Pirates aren't playing the Gators. Or I should say, if the Gators aren't playing the Pirates, he's pulling for the Gators, I would imagine. So, um, so Matt, what are your thoughts on Billy Napier? You know, it, se- it seems as though he's recruiting very well. You know, Mike Norvell at Florida State, a lot of people thought he may not survive. They stuck with him, and it's paid off, and is is looking like that. You know, the Seminoles are going to be pushing Clemson this year. Finally, uh, in in the Atlantic, um, that that game's going to finally matter, like it did several years ago. But um, and then you also down at Miami have Mario Cristobal, who's kind of in a similar situation. I mean, you look at Billy Napier, the guy. He's he's he wins everywhere he goes, and he's done it at some really challenging places. So he's got a proven track record. I, I think he's going to do really well at Florida. I think they're still maybe a few years away from from in terms of like recruiting. They've kind of had a revolving door at quarterback down there. Um, 
they just I still think they're a few years away. They'll be very I mean, bottom line is they just have talent. They can, you could just roll out of bed as a coach at Florida and bring in a top 25 recruiting class and you're always going to be competitive. Um, but I don't, I don't see them ready to win, you know, the SEC quite yet. Well, yeah, when you and you look at it, you look at it, Matt, you know, when they were talking about the uh, what was, I guess, the the Western division there in SEC. But if you look at man, you look at the SEC East. It's no joke. Tennessee, a lot better. Even South Carolina. Look at Kentucky. I mean, you look at the SEC East. It's no joke. It used to be more of a cakewalk, you know, for a team like, a, you know, Florida or Georgia. Um, but it's getting better and better every single year. Oh, it definitely is. And, and college football is really becoming a year-to-year sport with, you know, the favorite word, the portal and NIL. <laughs> you know, um, it's becoming a year-to-year sport. You could turn it around quick, but you could also blow it really quick too. Yeah, Ben, we're just talking about everything and it's kind of a potpourri at this point of the show. And, guys, I'm, I'm going to jump off here soon, whether we yeah. whether we wrap it up or not. But uh, uh, I, I want to ask a question to you guys, just since we're talking about college football in general. Uh, prediction on Deion Sanders' first year at Colorado. Uh, I'm, I'm predicting uh, ten and two, or excuse me, two and ten. Yeah, I, um, I, I'll, I'll agree with you. Uh, Kyle and I are agreeing a lot tonight. It's scary, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, buddy. Uh, I agree with you 100. percent I think uh, that his celebrity is great. I think you know Cl- Colorado did what they had to do as far as the Pac-12. They made a splash hire. Um, they had to because of I know that. Um, as far as attendance, it was really, really uh, bad last year. So from the financial piece of things, there's a lot of excitement. They've sold a lot of season tickets. But then it becomes more of what's on the field. And I, what I've heard, guys, I don't know if you've heard this, but he basically just – he didn't keep any of his good pieces. You know, he, he basically got rid of the whole team or a lot of the team. Um, in other words, the bad apples, uh, one thing – the ones that can't play one thing, but but you need to keep guys that have talent too. That's the one thing that scares me about uh, Sanders is he should have kept some of the good guys as far as talent-wise. Yeah. I know you want to get your own guys in there. I understand that, but when I, my point is there was some talent on the team, and a lot of the talking heads I've heard have said that he's gotten rid of even those guys. I mean, he, he cleaned house. Yeah. <clears throat> Which – you know, I know there's mixed opinions on that. I don't really love it in college football um, to, to just, like, be able to clean house like that. It's not the NFL. You know, it's not. So I, I have a, li- a little bit of a problem with that, which might just be, you know, my own selfish reasons. But I, I agree. I don't think they're going to be anything special this year. I mean, it certainly seems like the way he's recruiting and, you know, his ability to uh, to attract uh, players, he's going to do well eventually, but he's got a way to go. I mean, that team was awful. How yeah. many years do you give him? If you're AD, Kyle, Matt, Bubba, I'll tell you the thing about Dion. Dion. Dion's going to rub on you really, really hard when you're losing. Dion is a polarizing personality. Yep. He's me, 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 me. Look at me, look at me. I'm Dion Sanders. It, that, that's what he's all about. Uh, he he was a big fish in a small pond in Jacksonville State, or excuse me, Jackson State, 
And, uh, you know, of course, he, he out-recruited everybody else at the HBCUs because he's Jao Sanders. Um, I, right. I don't. I don't think it's going to translate to to the to this level of college football, and I think he he took a, a tough job. I think he he jumped to his first big Power Five opportunity. I think he would have been smarter to take the South Florida job, quite honestly. Well, look at um, that schedule, man. I, yeah. um, I I'm not a Deion Sanders believer. As far as how long they'll give him, I guess it's going to be how fast he wins. Because uh, I can tell you, if he ain't winning after year two, year three, he'll be on the hot seat. Yep. I mean, you look at that schedule. I'm trying to remember what you know. Vegas had the over/under. You guys can check if you'd like. I want to say it was three and a half. That may be wrong, but I'll take the under. But, but yeah, you you ha- you have the opener at TCU. Um, then you have you have Nebraska at home, Colorado State at home. That Colorado State game. That's one that uh, you better get it for. A variety of reasons. Not only is it a rival game, but uh, aren't a whole lot of uh, games, in my opinion, that uh, are are games that are, that you're probably going to be favored in, and that could be one, especially with it being there at Folsom Field. Then you have to go to Alton Stadium. Uh, games five through eight, you go to the, you have USC coming to Folsom. You go to ASU. You have Stanford, uh, which is one of the better opportunities to, mm-hmm. to probably get a win. Um, and you have a transition there. Uh, so you have UCLA. Uh, and then the, the last four games, you have Oregon State coming to Folsom Field, Arizona, which is uh, improving under Jed Fish. And then you go to Washington State, and especially playing at Washington State on November 17th, there's no telling what type of weather they'll play in there in Pullman. And then that that November 25th game, um, they are playing the Utah Utes, which you would certainly imagine to be a pretty pretty decisive L. Um, But uh, I I agree with Kyle. I see maybe – hey, Matt, uh, Kyle, I see about two wins on that schedule. I see see probably – Two to four game. Two to, two to four. I mean, it wouldn't and, shock me if they went zero twelve. Wow. If wow. something like that happens, if this, if I've been saying, you know, whether it goes well or whether it doesn't go very well, I mean, or anywhere in between, this is going to be, uh, you know, must see TV because, like Kyle said, uh, you take a look at. Uh, to reach the people media and then the pregame show, the, the different YouTube channels that, that cover um, the Colorado program and Coach Prime, as he prefers to go by. It's going to be very interesting to see how that coverage goes, you know, how many videos, how much content they're putting out there if things aren't going well. Hey, Matt, I got a prediction right now. I, I got a prediction right now. And if, if Kyle is right, and I think he uh, he and I, uh, again, we've agreed a lot, and it's not the end of the show yet, but he and I agree on this. And I'll tell you this right now. I make a prediction. This is stating the obvious. But I believe that he, the biggest mistake that Dion will make is that he thinks he's in the NFL when he's really in college. What do I mean by that? He's going to be calling out his players, which he should never do. And, Matt, I know you that you, uh, being a college player, how much do you want to bet if things go south very quickly, he's not going to take the responsibility as a head coach. He will never say it's my fault. He's going to start blaming 
him uh, the talent on the team. You know, I inherited a mess. Uh, there's going to be every excuse in the book instead of saying, "Look, I'm this is the first time I'm an FBS uh, coach." It's yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to follow. I mean, he, <laughs> Dion, he he's a lightning rod. You know, like wherever he's been, he draws a lot of attention. He, you know, he's not afraid to speak his mind. He's going to do things his way. And uh, when you do that, you put yourself in the public eye. And um, by by him cleaning house like he did, like he got rid of like 45 players, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you know, is that going to – Yeah. time will tell if that's going to, you know, uh, blow up in his face. Or if he's a, if he was able to bring in guys that can contribute right away, I mean the portal helps him in that regard. But uh, I don't know. I, I I'm I don't really have much confidence in that situation out there. I can tell you that. Well, microwave that, baby, microwave yeah. it. And you know you if you know anything about what Colorado was last year, not only were they one eleven, but. I mean, they were far and away, you know, one of the worst teams in college football history. You know, getting outscored by something like twenty-eight to thirty points a game. And granted, this team is is much different from that from a personnel standpoint. That's the reason he made those changes that he is making um, because of you know, exactly how bad they were. I mean, some of those videos that I watched back in the spring prior to him bringing new personnel in. Um, all those new roster pieces, and I think Matt's as crazy as it sounds. I think forty-five is light. I think it's more like sixty, sixty-five, maybe even seventy. I mean, it, it was crazy the num the number of new roster pieces that Colorado brought in. But prior to them bringing the, bringing those guys in, they looked tiny. I mean, they did not look like a, a Division One. A or you know FBS football team, much much less one in the Pac-12. Yeah, like Brandon says, a good point, guys. Uh, he brought in players from Jackson State. Uh, great that you have loyalty. I think one of them was his son, but uh, you got to have players for Pac-12 level. And um, you know, just like uh, Nick Saban, uh, Jimmy, J- well, not Jimmy Johnson, but there's guys that never made it at the. Uh, they were college coaches that didn't make it NFL. It's going to be like that for Dion. I just don't see how he can uh, translate, especially, uh, oh, wow. Stevie Fly says he thinks they're going to be a bowl team or a borderline a bubble, a team on the bubble then to make a bowl. Wow. You think how much you, you, you like the talent he brought in that much? Now, to be fair, I haven't examined the talent that Dion has bought in. Um, so, Stevie, I'm guessing you, you're basing this on the talent he brought in and I will say that I have not examined the talent he brought in when I'm making these predictions. I'm basing it off what they were last year, the fact that he got rid of the whole football team. I don't see how you can bring in that many pieces. Yeah, I don't see how you can bring in that many pieces and put together a cohesive unit that fast. I just don't see it. Right, and if it was a if it was a situation where you know there were a lot of players in trouble, um, that kind of thing, a big scandal, you didn't have a choice is one thing. But like I said, what I've heard, uh, Bubba, have you heard that the talking heads have talked about uh, the very fact that, okay, it's one thing if you get guys that just don't have talent, guys that are maybe the locker room lawyers, the cancers of the team, but for the fact that he got rid of good players just because they were not his players makes no sense. Um, But anyway. um, Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, 
guys, if we got anything else, we're about ready to wrap this thing up. We've gone on tonight, started off as a running back preview. It's kind of been a puppery of college football. Um, we got anything else before we go? Cause I'm about ready to get out of here. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, in fact, uh, if you guys uh, want to make a last call here and uh, we, we may take one more uh, two f- do it. Do the number Kyle. I'll put it we'll on screen. Uh, uh, it's a uh, two by two, two, nine, zero, zero, three, seven, five. All right. So we'll take one more call and then we'll get out of here in case uh, there's somebody that wants to call in tonight. Again, two, five, two, two, nine, zero, zero, three, seven, five. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll see if we get that. But guys, do you have do you have any final thoughts you want to make while we're waiting on a call? Uh, no, I just I see a comment regarding Nebraska and Matt Rule. You know, the one thing I'll say about Matt Rule, he's a way better college coach than he is in the NFL. Obviously, yeah, he's I mean, a great he did, college coach. He he did a tremendous job at Temple and he Baylor. Did a tremendous job at Baylor. Yeah. Um, so I when I looked at that Nebraska job, call me crazy. I, I really like. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really liked my my first choice for them was the coach from uh, uh, Chadwell from Coastal. I think his style of offense would have worked perfectly in Nebraska. Um, I was surprised they didn't go that route. But Good rule point. rule is a great college coach, just not NFL. Yeah, and by the way, guys, speaking of Matt Rule, Matt Rule is a great guy, but but uh, what I've been told, I, I don't know if I told you, Kyle, but they have. Or, or I don't. I know I haven't told Matt. Uh, apparently, the Panthers, the inside the organization piece of things, is an absolute disaster. And uh, I feel bad for Rule because he's a good coach. Uh, maybe he could have had a better situation. Um, but yeah, uh, I think Nebraska is a name brand, huge thing, huge. Uh, definitely, they they eat, sleep, drink football uh, there, and I think he could win there. And he has a style of uh, speaking of styles too, Matt. He's a guy that has that tough nose kind of football. Um, so good luck to uh, Matt Rule. All right. Uh, I guess we're not going to have a call. We'll start wrapping things up. Kyle uh, is gone. He's out of here. Bubba, do you have anything? Appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. Uh, you know, we consistently had a pretty large audience tonight and I appreciate everyone chiming in on Facebook and YouTube, as well as a few callers we had, Stevie Fly, and then also Avery from Wilmington. Uh, so, um, you know, if, if you're listening to this and it's archived form on our podcast platforms, you know, if you're able to tune in live in the future, we'd love to have you chime in, whether it's about our East Carolina topics or otherwise. But, um, yeah, an excellent show. And, uh, you know, we look forward to, uh, to talking more pirate football in the coming days. And uh, we'll, we'll have a variety of content headed your way. And uh, actually, tomorrow night, uh, we'll have director of marketing uh and and fan engagement and that and that is justin bear uh, he, he had been in east carolina left for a brief time and then came back uh, to f- to fill eric ward's position when eric moved on to the university of virginia um back in his home state so looking forward to having justin on the show for the first time and then also uh, the always entertaining brian Medor. it's going to be great and fantastic and by the way uh, before we get to Matt, I want to remind everyone, our college football preview will be Saturday, August the 5th. That's from 10 until noon, and that's at Porky's Backyard Barbecue. They have a breakfast 7 to 10.30, and then uh, they have, of course, their lunch starts at 11, and we're going to have a lot of fun that day. I know David Glenn, DG, 
Um, Bubba, help me out. The North Carolina Sports Network, he's got a uh, a new show, by the way, folks. Uh, so make sure you check that out everywhere podcasts are, are found or certainly go and like his YouTube channel. I told him that we would uh, remind everybody about that and we'll tell everybody that a lot. But uh, very excited to have DG back. No sabbatical for DG in July like normal. Uh, but again, our big day is August the 5th from 10 until noon at Porky's in Williamston. We'll be taking your calls. I know, Matt, uh, you're going to drive down to Williamston to hang out with me, bro? Dude, I was just thinking I would love to be there for that. Um, would, uh, I'd love to have you. <laughs> that <laughs> I know would be you awesome. Can. I know you can't, but you hopefully you can uh, via a stream yard in our, our show. We have four dudes on the show from four different areas. Um, so thank God for technology and we appreciate all your contributions to the show and uh, definitely um, we'll have you. Uh, if you can make it on August 5th, it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, it gives us a chance to prepare uh, for not only guests, but also callers. And uh, we can uh, preview magazines and get our thoughts on that. So good night to Robert. Want to uh, Hopefully we hear about the play-by-play voice tomorrow. We'll see about that. Um, but Matt, do you have anything before we go, go bro? No, I'm all good. I enjoyed it. Just uh, looking forward to the season now. All right. Appreciate everybody very much. If we have any breaking news, we'll give it to you once on social media. And until next time, you've been watching and listening to the Running Backs Preview for ECU 2023 and much more. And it's right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. And go Pirates. You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. I wanna know, I wanna know, I wanna know, I wanna know, what kind of part are you?